Hello, friends and folks, and welcome back to another podcast from Scanline Media. I'm Six Detmar. I'm joined by the lovable Lee. Hello, Lee. How's it going? Hello, everybody. Lovable Lee. That's what they call you. That's what some people call me, yeah. Uh, and you and I have completed uh, the latest adventure... The latest canon adventure, I guess, of, of Samus Aran. Maybe there's there's probably a bet on fanfiction.net. Something has come out in the meantime. She's had more adventures. Some of them might be not suitable for work. Those Nintendo uh, Shadow Riders just hitting fanfic.net. <laughs> I'm just saying, you know, listen, if we if we don't say not canon, you know, if we, if we don't exclude non-canon works, then, you know, Samus is constantly evolving. It's canon in our hearts, though. Uh, well... Also, uh, canon in our hearts is Metaroid Dread. This is a spoiler cast. We're going to spoil everything. Spoil, spoil, spoil. If you haven't beaten the game, uh, you don't have to leave, but you're going to hear everything. So if you don't want that, you should probably leave. I mean, I'm, I'm assuming there's someone out there who just doesn't care, so... No, absolutely. I mean, if I... If I wasn't into Metroid, that would be me. I've totally listened to plenty of spoiler casts for games I never intend to play. You know what? That's a, that's a fair point. All right. Let him in. All right. Well, uh, with that said, Metroid Dread, the long-awaited uh, sequel to Metroid Fusion, the uh, latest 2D Metroid, side-scrolling Metroid, uh, planned way back in the mid-2000s to be a DS game, but um, sort of just disappeared and has, has finally resurfaced under the uh, guidance of Mercury Steam. And just up front, I do want to say uh, ongoing stuff with Mercury Steam, uh, some allegations of, of mistreatment of their workers and, and not crediting them in the credits. And that shit's all uh, very concerning. Oh, but we're also, yeah, we're also not experts enough to, to really address it. So, like, we're not ignoring it, but we're not the authorities on that, you right. know? Yeah, for sure. I agree. Um, but yeah, we're we're just gonna discuss uh, how we felt with the game. Um, just spoiler mode, I guess. <laughs> right. So, what's your what's your Metroid history here, Lee? Um. So my first one was Fusion, actually. Uh, back whenever mm -hmm. that came out, I think two thousand two. Um. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it was the second game I had for my GBA. Uh. Then afterwards, uh. I started playing Prime a few months after that, which is still remains the uh, <laughs> the best game in the series. Uh, mm -hmm. And just over time, I started playing more and more. Um, except for the original Metroid and Metroid Two, um, I played just about all of them. Or oh, so you're a big fe Federation Force fan? Uh... <laughs> Wait, yeah. did you play Federation Force? I did not. <laughs> Let's just pretend okay. that's okay. that's not a thing. <laughs> I mean, that's fa that's fair. I thought that sigh was. I was trying to do a gotcha, and I thought that was a sigh of yes. Unfortunately, I played that. No. Like, wow. It, damn. It's just my memories of the existence of that game coming together, and me just like disappointed at all. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What about yourself? Um, I started with Super Metroid um, back when I was emulating every Super Nintendo game I could get my hands on. And at the time, I was like, this game sucks. <laughs> <laughs> um, this game doesn't tell me what to do. Uh, maybe there's nothing to do. Maybe I just run back and forth as this armored dude and shoot missiles at walls. This sucks. I hate this. Um, <laughs> and uh, like you, Fusion was the game that convinced me that, that there was more to this than I understood. Um, I played Fusion. 
I played Super, I played Prime, and I played, uh, I haven't played Federation Force either. <laughs> I've barely played Other M, but otherwise I've played all of them. Uh, yeah, it's, um, personally, it's it's actually probably one of my, if not my favorite uh, game series. It's just, um, uh, I don't know, a lot of the individual titles just have, like, such, like, deep impact to me, so it, it means a lot, and seeing return to mostly form i guess we'll discuss it as we go um mm-hmm. yeah i was insanely happy when uh when the news came out that this game was, was still ex- in existence so uh it's still kind of surreal that it actually came out you know mhm yeah i i was worried because when i first played uh uh samus returns on the 3DS i was not a big fan right um I went back to it later, and I think I've come around on that design. I still think it has some it has some flaws, but I think it's a fairly it's a fairly good game. Um, right. And you know, obviously, the same studio with a, a bigger budget and bigger reign for Metroid Dread. Um. So, where do you want to start with discussing this? Um, I don't know. <laughs> I, I've been uh, I've been scratching my head of what to think i I guess the thing is like um i don't know should we should we do comparisons because it's impossible not to compare this game to the to the previous entries isn't it yeah i mean you know that's 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 what it means to be part of a part of a series right um and i guess what i would say is this game feels like it is trying to uh fuse Hmm. uh metroid fusion and other m kind of to me um and I think it's mostly successful at this. Um, my biggest, like, my biggest problem with Samus Returns is that I think a lot of what it does is good, but it's just because it's refined versions of, of Metroid. And when Samus Returns tries to come up with new ideas for Metroid, I don't particularly care for them. Like the lightning armor, I didn't find particularly compelling. Um, as just a random example, there are more of those. Right. Um, um, I, and sorry to interject. Uh, I, I kind of feel like uh, the stuff that it does follow, as far as um, similarities to previous games, I felt it used it a lot because I, I, I was recently looking at some some videos of it, and they borrow like, well, actually, they just lift off a lot of like musical cues or like sound effects. Even like all the item pickups are straight out of Prime. <laughs> I mean, that's what you do, though, right? I mean, like... Yeah, but, like, uh, at the same time, it kind of... I feel like it loses identity. It's just, like, kind of like a mishmash of, like, oh, let's just pluck this from this game, and let's pluck this from that game. Um, I don't know. It it was just kind of off-putting to me when I first played that one. Oh, you mean... Oh, you mean Samus Returns? Yes, yes. Right. Okay, yes. I thought you you meant Dread, where I'm like, they did kind of retool those. Yeah, the fact that they used the same, like, basically the same audio files. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I hear what you mean. Um... Like Metroid has a lot of like classic like musical and sound cues, um, and I don't think they should. You know, you don't need to reinvent the wheel. But if we're still using, you know, the same like exact MIDI file from yeah. you know, Super Mario Bros. Two, picking up a coin, that's a problem, right? <laughs> right. Um, unless you're doing it with a point, which you know, of course, is a possibility. I mean, it's the time um, to do. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so like, there's a lot of that stuff in uh, in Samus Returns. There's also like, I mean. I didn't love the counter system in that. No, it felt really. Um, I don't know. It, it just had no weight to it, which thankfully they uh, they rectified a lot in in this game. It, it feels really snappy, and um, I don't know. It's just very satisfying when you land those. 
Well, the big part of it, I think, is the fact that it varies up to timing now. Mm-hmm. Um, with Samus Returns, I mean, there are probably some examples, I, I guess. I'm, someone could pull one out of their hat. But, I mean, I was playing some of it yesterday, and every enemy has the same timing every time, right? They don't have, like, a variety of, of they like, don't mix things up, so you have to think about it. It's just like, okay, once you know how to parry this enemy, it do, it's the exact same every time. And often they're so accurate in their, like, parryable attacks that you are forced to stop and wait for them. <laughs> right. Um, yeah, I didn't say it that long with that game, but I remember that. It's just, it, it just felt like, I don't know, the, the counter system, it just felt very tedious and very time-consuming in that one compared to this one. Mm-hmm. It, and, and to be honest, I still have some problems with it in Dread, um, but I think it's much better integrated. That like, for me, Metroid is a series that um, I, I, the two D ones anyway. The two D ones are all about sort of like flow and momentum, mm-hmm. um, and the, uh, like adding manual aiming and requiring you to stop to parry stuff all the time just completely ruins that flow. Right, for sure. Um. But yeah, with with dread, I mean, I think I don't know. It's a it's a it's there's a mix of of the effectiveness of things. Where I, I guess the biggest one to talk about are the Emmys. We should talk about the Emmys, and I'm not talking mm-hmm. about the the awards. You know, um, <laughs> it's Emmy night. If you want to give an Emmy to an Emmy, that's uh, you know. Oh God! Does the Sam is like sweat, cold sweat when she when she hears the Emmys? <laughs> <wrong? laughs> This, she's she's just holding up the the trophy and <laughs> like the Emmy looms over her and then does like the quick flash with the eyes as it grabs the trophy. <laughs> that's the that's the play it off music to get off the stage. <laughs> just the Emmy just hovers around. Um, um, so it's impossible not to bring up the SAX when it comes to mm-hmm. the Emmy from uh, please the sax, right? <laughs> I'm just thinking with sunglasses and playing a saxophone. <laughs> Um, yeah, so that's one of the things I've been, um, I've been tossing in my head, uh, since, since I actually started playing Dread and, um, you know, until the end is just the comparisons between that and the, uh, and the SAX and just its overall effect mm-hmm. of this. Cause mechanically, I guess they work similarly, but I don't know. Uh, I thought they were great I... at, at first, which they still are, but I, I definitely mm-hmm. cooled off after maybe the third Emmy cause after a certain point, it just feels like, oh, it's just this. This is the game of it, and it's very like clear. who really cares about daytime television, to be honest. <laughs> um, um, yeah, but like, go ahead. Sorry, no, it's alright. Um, but yeah, after a while, it just became like something about um, exploiting the mechanics and the game of it. It just felt like game rather than mm. any effective sort of like storytelling or, um, you know, uh, bringing that sense of dread, huh? Uh, like the SAX did back in Fusion, because those moments, even if they were super scripted and super uh, scarce, were incredibly effective at what they did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think part of the problem with the Emmys, um, I, I think I overall enjoyed them, but like, there comes a point where they cu- they run out of out of like engaging ways to make them challenging, mm-hmm. right? And I start being like, oh, if this one sees you, even through walls, you just get frozen. It's like, okay, why? Is that a good idea? Um, or just like, I don't know. Like, I think that the best moments I had with the Emmys were when I first got, when I didn't have that many options and I first got the Phantom Cloak. 
Mm-hmm. And so I was doing stuff like, like, you know, I saw that Emmy had heard me. I saw the little, you know, yellow ring sort of echo out. And so I would jump up and, like, hold on to the ceiling and cloak and sort of cling to the ceiling. And the Emmy walks up and, like, you know, moves its head inches from your face but doesn't touch you and then turns around and leaves. Um, the strength of Emmys is also the weakness of Emmys, which is that they have such clear rules and it makes them very predictable. Right. And you don't get those moments like... um uh, a, a really memorable moment in uh, Fusion is when you're trying to bomb through the wall and then it uh, it puts you on, uh, underneath the ground and as you're trying to retreat back to restart it, in walks the SAX with that like haunting music and then it just kind of like nonchalantly goes through the wall like that you couldn't. So they didn't have moments like that in Dread, you know? I think the closest they had to that was soon after you unlock Phantom Cloak, there's a little uh, scripted cutscene or she's hiding from it. But there are no mm-hmm. moments like that where it's just like, oh man, I'm in a vulnerable position. I shouldn't move. Um, or at least not in a way that kind of matched that same feeling, you know? Well, I had a f- I had one or two. I had one actually that I, I put on Twitter. Um, but it was because it was kind of breaking the rules where um, you're supposed to be able to see the, like, the red dot of the Emmys on the radar, and they only appear within a certain distance. Mm. And there are certain maps where I guess just the way the, like, the, the room transition is coded, they don't show up until you're in the new room. So I had one where I was running, and the Emmy was nowhere on my radar, and I stepped through a door, and it was just instantly in front of me. <laughs> and I managed to like just knee-jerk hit cloak before it bumped into me mm-hmm. and dodge it. It was a really cool moment. It happened because the game broke its own rules. Right. So uh, I guess that's the thing is just that they, they were strictly rule following, whereas SAX, you know, uh, again, it's not it, it was very scripted, but I guess. I don't know. Yeah, I, I mean, anything in a anything in a piece of software is going to follow rules. That's how software works. Right, right. But like you, without like SAX, like you only see the rules on like a, a, on a repeat playthroughs. They never tell you how the SAX works. Right. And um, honestly, uh, the last encounter was pretty anticlimactic because because <laughs> mm, yeah. uh, it, it started you started getting like diminishing returns as far as the effectiveness uh, of them were like the the first two the first three even uh, up until the yellow one i believe the speed booster that mm-hmm. you couldn't outrun those were pretty uh miserable experiences <laughs> in a good way um but then after that it just became you know same uh same story kind of just do what you're doing and yeah, and the last one uh, was just a cutscene for like five seconds, and a cutscene where you have to then go find the Adam AI and talk to them to understand what the fuck just happened because the cutscene does not make it at all clear. Yeah, it's very unclear. But and that was it. it the The big bad guy that they've been advertising since the uh, uh, launch teaser uh, is just done like that, <laughs> just with no like just unceremoniously like that. It's just kind of weird to me. Yeah, it is really weird that they didn't decide to make the last one be like, oh, here's one that like doesn't have an Emmy area, just goes wherever or something. Have some kind of like big because yeah, you you are like okay, there's one left or whatever. I mean, I I guess you you don't really have a they give you a number of how many there are, but I don't know about you, I forgot it pretty quickly. Um, but you do know like constantly that there is one more because mm-hmm. of various things like there being Emmy zones and stuff. Right. And so not having the payoff of the last one being a thing is a strange choice. Yeah, that was a weird direction to take. Um, not, 
not not my number one choice to make, but there it is. Uh, I don't know. It's it, also also a strange choice to make. Uh, like the mix of aesthetics for the X in this game is very confusing to me. Uh, do you and mean like mean, the black sludgy kind of look they they've well, taken on? Well, the the contrast, right? Because whenever they're like loose parasites, they are the Metroid Fusion like fucking you know like laffy taffy motherfuckers, <laughs> right? Like yellow and green and and red and bright neon colors. And then as soon as they form a monster, they're these like you know like Death Stranding tar monsters. Yeah, that is a bit weird. Even in Fusion, they didn't do that because they they were still no. like grotesque when they were. You know, mutated and infected, but they were still They're like colorful as shit. Yeah, they were they were like uh they were like clay <laughs> or like taffy, like you said. Mm-hmm. But yeah, all this they just turn into sludge. That that bad guy from Ferngully. I never saw that. You know, Tim Curry sang him. Mm, okay. Hmm. Hmm. Maybe you should. Um, <laughs> you probably don't. But yeah. <laughs> It's just a it's just a weird angle for for the X aesthetically, and I feel like you know we're sort of working our way up to some of the other stuff, but you have to you have to go through all the beats because there's it's a sister it's a series with so much history and so much tight history, right? Mm-hmm. Like this game is uh, very different than a lot of other two D Metroids, which is to say, by the standards of any other series, it's extremely similar to all its predecessors. There's a lot of like. I, I, I love the Metroid games. I'm not trying to hold this against them, but I do think you can say that there is a very cohesive sense of what a Metroid game is that makes them not as varied. Right. Um, and that means that the the, <laughs> the comments about them sometimes sound a little nitpicky. Um, well, I feel that's kind of the burden it has, right? Because um, a lot mm-hmm. of people still claim that Super especially is one of the best Metroid manias uh ever made so it's it's not a land just to say it's not that it's unfair to reference all the previous ones and how mm-hmm. this one holds up you know and it's interesting because like you look at some of the ways that super creates tension and it's the kind of stuff that this game basically doesn't do at all like even i mean also fusion did some of this stuff and and again you don't see it here but like when you are walking through an area and you see like there are just like little insects swarmed all over something and you get close and they scatter and there's just a body underneath it. Mm-hmm. Those insects never bother you, but it's sort of the way that they build atmosphere and tension. Whereas this game occasionally has like enemies running around in the background. You will fight them in the next room guaranteed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, there's like, yeah, it, it definitely loses that sense of, uh, atmosphere that the other ones were especially good at uh, good at doing. Um, mm-hmm. Not to say that there isn't any atmosphere; it's just not. I I keep coming to those comparisons of like effectiveness, right? Because uh, mm-hmm. yeah, is this uh, as good as this game was? Uh, is this a lot of the previous ones just had a higher impact when it came uh, to to whatever, like the sacks versus the Emmys, the feeling of of loneliness, the the atmosphere, all that. Well, and I think a lot of this culminates in, like, the story of this game, which right. is weird. Yep, so um, I guess we should tackle that, huh? We should. We should. Mm-hmm. Um, so, 
in this game, you are you are here to like check out like oh no, there's the X you're supposed to be here, and you know you pretty much immediately are attacked by a Raven Beak who is clearly like a Chozo. Mm-hmm. Um, they you know they they do tell you that after a bit, but it's it's fucking obvious if you know anything about the design language of these games. Um, and then you get to talk to uh, Quiet Robe, who is a like I believe in series history the first like alive friendly chozo uh yeah as far as i know you you never meet a chozo in game only through the uh non-canon lore or manga stuff that they've released uh in the years uh Mm -hmm. in the years between games and all that and so you have a conversation with quiet robe where he lays out what the plot of the game is he's like (laughs) okay uh turns out all those metroid games like were affecting the politics of us remaining Chozo because we were divided on what to do about the X and the Metroids, and then you killed everything, and that complicated stuff. And so Ravenbeak's kind of mad at you, um, because he wanted to use the Metroids to take over the universe. I am really shocked by the way that Ravenbeak is the final boss of this game. It feels like such a classic, like set up a boring boss and bait and switch. Yeah. Um, not really is him. <laughs> um yeah it's is this like this guy just shows up uh physical amnesia is the the term that's burned into my mind right now Mm. just the explanation of how once again she loses her all her abilities physical amnesia thank you adam um sure god it's i don't know is the story just turns up so many questions because like we said, uh, the first living Chozo we ever see in game. Um, I always thought they were extinct, by the way. Uh, yeah, I think that's been strongly implied, but I guess, you know, there's always a possibility of some being squirreled away somewhere. I guess that's fair. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. It's just every, every time I, I, I relook at cutscenes or uh, look at the, uh, the script or whatever, I just get a lot more questions than that they don't really bother answering or i don't know like why i'm wondering why the quiet robe wait, wait so long to actually do something about the emmys um and yeah i mean i i feel like part of it is and it's a thing that this game then fucks up later in in such a simple way that was so easy to avoid um I can think of, in all of Metroid, I can think of one instance of us seeing something that Samus does not see. And that is, in Fusion, when you take the elevator, the camera stays there and SAX breaks through the wall, right? right. Yes. But that's like, that feels like they're pushing it, but it still felt within the thing. There's a part later in this game where it just cuts to, like, elsewhere on the base, here's Quiet Robot, he's an X now, and he's doing more shit, and, like, I feel like you can't do that because the reason I'm okay with there being some unanswered questions, not all of them is because all we ever see is what Samus sees. And there are some things she will not get answered, you know? Mm -hmm. But once you open that door of, Oh, we can just put the camera anywhere. Then like, well, then why the fuck is any of this happening? You have to tell us stuff. (laughs) Well, I want to address that later and especially what happens at the end, but uh, boy, (laughs) uh, one thing uh, we had discussed privately before that is, Super's storytelling method was all subtext. You know, it was just all what you experience in game, uh, other than the prologue uh, at, at the very beginning. Everything is explained as you see it th- throughout the game. Like no dialogue, no 
cutscenes really to speak of and i don't know why they've been so afraid of trying to redo that ever since like no metroid game even the prime games uh have done that although i imagine the prime games will be hard to do that since like you know 3d and all that but i mean i think i mean well i would say um samus returns basically does it but um yeah uh, well i never finished that so um it's I mean the thing is I think it's a it's it has a very limited like I think the reason it worked for Super Metroid is because it established what Metroid was. If you look at the quote unquote story it tells, here's the story. Samus shows up, she has a connection to the Chozo. There are space pirates, they're bad, she kills them, she leaves. <laughs> I'm not saying it was a deep story, but it was <laughs> effective for what it was trying it to do. It was effective, but you can't do that over and over. Right. I guess that's fair, but my, my issue is that when you start adding so many elements that they either start contradicting each other or bringing up more questions or plot holes, then I feel that's a direction that's worse than what you had before. Um, case in point... So, like you said, they cut the camera. Uh, well, Quiro gets killed by some some asshole Chozo dude under under uh, Ravenbeak's payroll, um, and then camera cuts to his corpse being infected by an X, who then reactivates the Emmy, mm-hmm. and oh no, they're they're a threat again. Uh, so you do all your stuff, uh, you get rid of Ravenbeak, and <laughs> at the very end, I still don't know why he did all that. There's Quiet no. Robe just shows up and says, "Oh hey, it's me again. Here, let me give you my X. You're gonna be okay now. So like, <laughs> go home." It makes absolutely no like him turning on the Emmys again. It's like, okay, sure, the X have an interest in Samus dying. I get that. That he shows up to to you know like sacrifice himself heroically makes no sense. By any measure, any possible no. logic you can offer, and it wasn't even contradicts like a, the rest of the story. It wasn't even like a noble sacrifice, like uh, he got in the way and saved her life, or anything. Well, I guess he did. He just shows up in her ship, and he does his little bow, and then he gloops into an X. <laughs> and then, and also, why does that fix anything? I don't know. They they explain nothing. <laughs> she, like uh, like I was you, talking to sorry, Jen. And Jen was like, oh, it's because he's got the DNA of the tribe that can control the Metroids, and so she could subsume her power. And it's like, yeah, but so does she. She has that DNA, too. She's already got it. Yeah, I I, I don't get it. Maybe she just needed, like, that little boost of it? <laughs> I don't know. But, like, she's absorbed, like, so many of the red versions, which is what he turned into. So I- I'm just, I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I don't care. And, like, you can, like, uh, the escape sequence, you're in that Metroid suit form, and you've got the hyper beam, which is, their version of the hyper beam is pretty fucking sick. Yeah, um, it's pretty good. <laughs> but, like, you use the hyper beam and you blow up uh, Raven Beak X, and also the X Parasite. It's, you know, it's the, like, uh, it's perfect it's, cell beam. Yeah. <laughs> Father-son Kamehameha. Um <laughs> But like, and so you could be like, oh, okay, so she doesn't absorb any any X on the way there, so she's you know a hangry or whatever, right? <laughs> and so she's not able to revert. But like, can I tell you a secret? Hmm. You don't need the hyper beam to get back to your ship. You could just 
Do that whole escape you, sequence without it? You can do that as whole escape sequence with power bombs and screw attacks. I did it. And if you do it that way, along the way, you can encounter some X and absorb their parasites. Hmm. So that strips any possible logic of it being like, well, if she just absorbed one, she would have been fine. Because you can do that. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's such a stretch trying to find like any kind of explanation for it all. And yeah, R- R- Quiet Robe just like, all right, here you go. You're all good. And then she just zips away. Another planet destroyed. And bam, credits just very abruptly. <laughs> um, I don't know. But she's a okay. So so she's a Metroid now. Uh, yeah, apparently. It just what does that mean? I don't know. <laughs> I because guess... that's not like it feels like the way they talk about Metroid in this. I she's a cat girl. She's not a cat, right? Like it's that sort of thing. She's a <laughs> Metroid girl. She's not a Metroid. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe that's maybe that's that's a stupid pedantic thing to get obsessed over. Uh, the part where in the middle of the fight and you, you well, I guess at the end of the fight and Raven Bean's like, ha ha ha! Now we will clone a bunch of Samuses, and you're like, that's not a thing you're established to be able to do. But okay, whatever. And then why go through <laughs> all this it. like nonsense of like fighting and like waiting? Well, that's another thing too, right? Because uh, his explanation at the end was, oh, I wanted you to, uh, I I let you live so you could awaken to the full power of. Of the Metroid DNA you have, uh, mm-hmm. but then why, why did he and his goons just try to just kill her the entire time before that happened? Like, why did he just well, kill her to begin with? Well, it's because you need to you, listen. You need to push them in order to awaken. This is just shown in shit, right? This is just like, well, Ugh. if you want to learn the secret technique, we have to fight with everything we have. It's dumb, but it is what it is. Um, I guess that part doesn't bother me as much. I just like. I don't know. No part. And also, hey, here's a question for you. Hmm. Why does the planet explode? <laughs> I didn't even <laughs> like, think what? about that. <laughs> Why does that happen? Yeah, they didn't even set off like any kind of bomb or anything. Like the fortress uh, no. crashes down, and that's it. And it's There's just no explanation. It's just, a sh- it's just a ship. The ship crashes, and then, and then just a timer pops up, and you're like, "Wait, what?" Yeah, I'm sure things hit the planet pretty regularly. It's not enough to like make it blow. <laughs> Earth would be gone by now if that was a thing. <laughs> oh my god, I, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, where the it bomb doesn't come make from? any sense. <laughs> uh, maybe it was Quiet Robe. Maybe he did that off screen. <laughs> he's just like, oh, I'm waiting at the ship, sacrifice? and I'm he's like, he's like, I'm waiting at the ship. I'm waiting for Samus to get here. She's taking too fucking long. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I should have thought this one through, huh? <laughs> <laughs> like. It's just like uh, it's... that, and I was re-looking re- at some cutscenes, uh, especially the one where she's talking to Quiet Robe, and it's they just kind of do like these hand wavy. Oh, this is this is what happens without any mm-hmm. further explanation. It's like the the Thoha, which he's part of, can control Metroids. They don't explain that. Uh, later on, they say the Metroids are mortal enemies with the Mawkin, which is what Ravenbeak is. They don't really explain that. Saying that his uh, her fight with Ravenbeak activated like the killer instinct of the Metroid is like, why? <laughs> I don't know. It feels like you're just kind of like saying things that just to save things. 
and it feels like a lot of it stems from this feeling that they have to make this like this you know like oh we're bringing samus back it has to be this singular epic thing that redefines her and it's like you know what happens at the end of metroid prime 2 she gets on a ship and leaves none of this ever matters again yeah she just (laughs) waves her hand like peace (laughs) i'm out of here all right there was a problem i solved it goodbye later i have not not changed species (laughs) i haven't encountered someone who claims to be my dad for no reason (laughs) but just i just had an adventure that's okay it was a good adventure well like i don't know Although, um, you did probably, uh, in Discord, mention um, how you felt that her conversations with Adam were herself projecting. Yeah. And I thought that was a, that was a neat tidbit. Until you realized that it, it was Ravenbeak all along. No, no, that's a thing that's mis- It's only Ravenbeak for the very last one. Is it really? Yes. Okay. So Adam's just a weirdo before that. <laughs> Adam's just Adam's just being Adam till then, and then that very last one, there's like a tone change of just like all you have to do is follow my orders, and we will rule the galaxy. And she shoots the hologram or whatever, right? <laughs> She's like, "Oh, wait a minute, this was fake. The whole this was this was obviously fake. The other ones, because like it when she gets on her ship, Adam is there, and Adam's like, "Hey, don't touch right. the ship. You'll drink it." So you know, Adam's <laughs> still real. Okay, because uh, I was going through like previous conversations, and I I thought it was it would have been Ravenbeak the uh, the entirety of it because I don't think so because uh, that would just make me laugh because there were conversations you have with him earlier <laughs> where he's like, hey, even if you are the best like you can be, you, you ain't gonna be shit against Ravenbeak, and I thought it was just him talking himself <laughs> up. <laughs> Did you hear my friend saw Ravenbeak in the shower the other day? He said Ravenbeak was ripped, like, <laughs> super jacked. <laughs> oh, and also, uh, <laughs> the moment before she meets uh, Quiet Rope, she's looking at this wall, this, like, kind of, like, ancient-looking wall that looks kind of like hieroglyphics telling a story. And it's, like, Ravenbeak, like, killing all the, the Thoha and taking control and stuff like that. And, <laughs> and then I'm thinking, Quiet Rope's like, that happened five minutes ago. <laughs> <laughs> this pretty much is. Like, this happened, like, a year ago. Why is this, like, ancient... <laughs> Is he that full of himself that he commissioned this, like, portrait? Because that's kind of on brand, if that's the case. Well, I mean, this has been kind of the low-key hilarious thing about the Chozo for the whole series, <laughs> is because Samus is, you know, like, what, in her 20s, right? No, probably, And yeah. she was raised by Chozo, so if they have if they were extinct, they've been extinct for a very short period of time. Yeah. And th- so they were just like... It's just like if you knew like a country where everyone still just did like hieroglyphics on the wall and cave paintings, and you're like, "What are you guys doing, guys? We met last week. (laughs) Chill out for a bit. You drew this weird like you know sketch with like you know like crushed up like flowers and stuff. Why didn't you just post on Insta? (laughs) What are we doing for the glory of all the chosas? Like Bob, relax. It was a great party, but don't get full of yourself. That's uh, it's very good. so. We can agree that the like like my daughter thing, is the stupidest line in the whole game, right? Yeah, yeah. Because he's he's not her dad. No, he's just like a. Here you go. Uh, I'll give you. I'll give you like a, 
a blood donation. <laughs> you're you're like, O negative, I'm O negative. Here you go, kid. <laughs> like, wow, turns out I have a whole lot of parents then. <laughs> like, if only that's... It's... Um, I don't know. It's... It it pulls on a lot of stretches, you know. It's mm-hmm. it's still enjoyable and it's still like kind of fun in its own right. But it's when you delve real deep, there's no depth at all. You, it's when you de- all when you shallow. delve at all, when yeah. you delve at all, you have to walk on the surface of the water. If you allow yourself to sink, you realize there is no water. <laughs> um, but all of this is covering up the fact that the game's really fucking fun. <laughs> it's it's pretty great. <laughs> Um, I, I had a lot of reservations at, uh, at the beginning because, um, you know, um, Samus Returns, I know everybody loves, I was not super thrilled with it. I might give it another fair shake, but, um, yeah, I, uh, that teaser trailer presented a lot of similar design style and mechanics and stuff from Samus Returns, mm-hmm. obviously, because it's the same team, but, uh, yeah, as excited as I was, part of me was saying, hey, you gotta curb it a bit, because, you know, it might it might end up being the same thing and you don't want to disappoint yourself. But thankfully, uh, yeah, I had a great time with it, with the game. Yeah. I think, um, I think I could, I could stand to see them de-emphasize the counter a little bit, but mm-hmm. I do think it's a, it's a good addition to the game. I think the, um, Aeon dash, like just essential. I can't imagine the boss fights without that ability. Anymore. Yeah. That, that felt like supernatural after, after five minutes, it's just like, yeah, this, this, uh, this is, this is great. I never wanted to go away. Uh, the slide is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, a great, uh, yes, yeah, talking about momentum. It's a great momentum, like maintainer. Um, it's a little thing that I never would have thought of, but making it so that you choose when you speed booster. Mm-hmm. That's good, actually. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty good. Uh, compared to the clunkiness of how speed booster work in the, Super, especially. I can never get the damn thing to work in Super. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, this uh, a lot of it felt like really fun to play, like in a mechanical and gameplay sort of way. Um, but I guess the answer is just to make Metroid more Mega Man ish. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. I don't know. I mean, I think to me the greatest success of this game's well besides just nailing the basic feel right which is no small feat nailing the feel of a metroid is is a hard thing to do mm-hmm. and they got it the the running and jumping and shooting feels good and that's that's the hardest thing to do but right. taking that for granted for just for the sake of conversation the thing that i think impressed me the most about its design decisions is the way they rethought like upgrades in the order in which you get them Yes, right. We we both had that moment of where the hell is the goddamn morph ball? <laughs> like I want to be able to hide. Give me the fucking morph ball. It's I've, been several hours. I've seen fifty tunnels. I want to explore every single tunnel. When can I do this? And even then, when they give you the morph ball, it's a while before they give you the bomb. Oh yeah, it's 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 like just as much time. It's, it's it just feels like. Oh my god! It feels like it felt like torture at the time because like oh my god, there's so many hidden paths like right there. It's right there, and I can't do it. It's probably the longest you had uh, you had to wait to get uh, get that power up in any game. I think absolutely, absolutely. And they must have known, right? That must have been like so oh, intentional. Course. I mean, like I feel like it's a it's a design choice to 
I mean, like specifically Morph Ball, like as I think it's even stronger if you think about SAX. How did you avoid SAX? Right. Every single time you dodged SAX, it was with Morph Ball. It was with getting in Morph Ball when SAX was off screen and getting into a little nook. And so it is it is the and, you know, it's literally the ability to curl up into a ball. Right. Like it's a very (laughs) primal, like protective state. And denying you that while forcing you to deal with the Emmys is a, is just was just such a smart choice. It was you know designed to to make you uncomfortable and to make you feel vulnerable, and it absolutely succeeds at that. Yeah, that that was incredibly well done, I think. Um, but yeah, you're right. Uh, it's being out in the open without. It's not just the exploration thing, but just having no escape route. And the thing is, it teases you so many times with all the escape routes as like Emmys are chasing you down and yeah, you, you just can't use them at all. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they do a good job with the grapple beam in this one, which is an ability that I have hated in almost every Metroid game. Um, it was all right in prime, but yeah, it was pretty basic God, in prime, but at least it fucking worked. God, the grapple beam in yeah. super is just a torture device. <laughs> um, but like the way they combined the like the spider climb walls with the grapple beam, so you could grapple to those back and forth between those. Mm-hmm. That I think was was fun. Yeah, that was the um, addition. The storm missiles were an interesting choice. I don't know what did, what did you make of those. Um, they became. I don't know. Well, for me at least, they became my primary way of dealing with bosses. And I don't think that may have been the intention. And I feel it could have been better, but just I think it was just the most effective way to do damage. And I mean, they were not efficient. Uh, no, they the, weren't. They were the, not fast or or anything like that. But and like the the like damage for ammo cost. I think that what I ended up I I used them a lot for fighting the Chozo. Mm-hmm. Um, Especially, you get the, I don't remember, it's one or two that have the shields. Um, but you just, like, no, I'm not dealing with your shield. I'm going to hit you with storm missiles three times, and your shield will fucking shatter. Fuck <laughs> off. <laughs> God, I hate those things. Um, but yeah, I think in most boss fights after I got that, I barely used, like, the uh, the beams. I just stuck mm. with the with the missiles. Uh, I don't know if that was intentional, but yeah, after a certain point, I just started not using the beams, because they didn't do as nearly as much damage that i've noticed at least um and it's it, hard to tell because the way metroid does this stuff is there's never an hp bar and so like mm-hmm. it could also be like sort of placebo effect from the fact that storm missiles feel like they're doing a lot of damage you know right well also that because um missiles in general are you know they don't need to be charged but they still do damage regardless mm-hmm. so I, I think it's just a combination of that uh, but yeah, I find myself using beams very few times. Um, I will say though that I've had I had a lot of fun with every single boss encounter. I think. Huh. Um, I, I thought they were really well well made, and uh, this game is hard, <laughs> by the way. Yes. Um, um, there was no boss where I didn't die at least three times. Um, it. Yeah, this game is <laughs> super difficult. I uh, I think I did not... Um, so the names of these bosses are kind of whatever, right? So the name of this particular boss is SQ, which was like the purple flying bug um, with the oh, lightning yeah, that around thing, it. Yeah. 
And uh, I didn't enjoy that one that much. And then um, experiment number Z57, the big tar monster on the lava generator. Yeah. I thought that fight fucking sucked. <laughs> really? <laughs> I, I had fun with that one. Uh, I agree with the bug, though. Uh, I completely forgot about him. I just... Yeah, he wasn't that impressive. He was just kind of super annoying and mm-hmm. just something I had to deal with rather than actually had any fun with. Though for all that, uh, the last boss fight against Ravenbeak is is just an incredibly fun fight. I just thought right. it was great. Um, it turns that, out when you have a boss fight where there are just solutions to every move and you just if you're on point, you're fine. That's great. Yeah, I, I felt that way with uh, just about the majority of the bosses. It was very... Um... And they even put it in the little uh, information thing on the uh, on the loading screen, saying, "Hey, uh, every attack is avoidable. Just you know, pay attention." Um, and yeah, uh, it's it's completely doable. Like every single fight, it just takes a few runs. It's it's very it, it's built with that in mind, saying that you're probably not going to survive the first time, but you know the checkpoints right before the boss room, so you could just hop back in super quick. So it's not a huge penalty to you. Mm-hmm. And um, though I will say, uh, Golzuna, what is the, that? Um, that's the X boss. That's like you, you run into the, you drop into the room and there's the thing and you killed it and then it transforms into a stronger form and you kill that and it transforms again. Oh, that, that thing. Yeah. Yeah. That was a joke. Um, I did not die to that guy. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I think I died once, but then I figured out, oh wait, I could just space jump over him and just hop to the other oh, side. There uh, we go. You can space jump over him. I just... You back up to the wall, and he rears up, and you slide under, and you shoot him. Oh, I didn't even do that. Because <laughs> yeah. when he does the little like uh, electrical charge things, that you could just space jump over him and hop behind him and just start willing on him with the uh, missiles. All right. Well, fair enough. <laughs> um. So another thing I wanted to bring up is the animations of uh, Samus specifically. Yes, they did a really good job at you know how she presents herself and just how she acts very subtly but damn is it is it really good a lot of the animations is really good in this game i have one small exception that i'll want to talk about in a minute Mm -hmm. but generally i i agree i think like what some of the best moments are just the way they convey how used to this she is like the the start i think everyone popped off for the start of the Kraid boss fight yeah. that cutscene where she goes in this room and this creature lunges at her and she recoils and then she just settles in like oh it's you and oh, she's just... holding her arm at her side and just starts charging just like okay well I'm gonna kill you now fucking whatever just super casually <laughs> like blasting his mouth it's like yeah this guy again. Um, how's it going she does, she does the same basic thing against um against the lizard guy uh, Corpius where mm-hmm. when you get the you know the quote unquote the kill, he just like it starts like thrashing and writhing, and she just starts charging the beam and slowly walking around it for like looking <laughs> for the perfect angle. It's really uh, good. The way they portray her as just like hyper competent and hyper like, I don't even know if cocky, just like knowing when she can afford to relax and not being afraid to. Um, mm-hmm. As it's really, really dope. Yeah, um, it's it's like the equivalent of that cliche scene where they're walking away coolly from like an explosion <laughs> behind them. <laughs> um, but yeah, you're right. It's it's not in a cocky sort of sense because um, again, with the the cutscene where she meets Quiet Robe, uh, I think we mentioned this too. Um, you know, she gets attacked by Emmy and almost killed until like he deactivates her, and she just points her uh, her cannon at his direction, just like training it on him until he 
kind of shows that, hey, I'm, I'm a cool dude. I'm not going to hurt you. And mm-hmm. then after a few seconds, she's like, all right, <laughs> and kind of takes a breather. And she does the same thing later to a door, right? Because there's a door that pops up on a bunch of red sensors, and she just points. She does the thing where she just points the arm cannon at it, and she's like, okay, I'm not pulling the trigger unless you give me a reason. I'm also not lowering this unless you give me a reason. We're just going to sit here until the situation changes. <laughs> um, I do have one problem with her animation, however. What's that? Um, there are some cutscenes where they want to show her face, and she's in a helmet, and she has a, like, a, like a rebreather on under that. And so that means all they have to work with are her eyes and her eyebrows. And so <laughs> they just give her shocked Pikachu face all the time. And I don't um, think it looks very good. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> I, I think the geometry clips on each other and it kind of looks a bit awkward. <laughs> it looks rough. Yeah. Um, what were your thoughts on her lines of dialogue and her Goku scream <laughs> at the end of the game? I, I was not here for the Goku scream, <laughs> um, especially because I was in the break room. And I was like, okay, I'm just going to turn this down a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the fact that the only line we get from her is in Chozo and not in English is mm-hmm. really good. Yeah, I, I yeah, I like I like that scene quite a bit, actually. Um, it's this whole lore dump, and then she just says... Okay, I'll take care of it. I got it, yeah. <laughs> um, and I think it's a it's a really good, effective conveyal of the character. I know there's an article right now up on Kotaku where um, the 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 writer is talking about how he thinks that they did a they made him overly they made her overly stoic and emotionless, um, and thought it was weak. And I do think like it's funny because. That like the thing is like Samus Aran is an iconic Nintendo character, but better writing could make her so much more. You're right. This game could use better writing, but I don't think it's really around Samus that much. I think the thing that this game does such a good, good job of conveying is that Samus is a character who has spent years and years alone. And when she sees someone, they're probably trying to kill her. And so like, yeah, she is a little emotionally stunted in a way that I think totally works. Yeah, for sure. Like e- even with uh, Adam, who's quote unquote her only friend <laughs> in this damn uh, series, is uh, yeah, she doesn't really treat him with any kind of uh, familiarity or friendliness at all. Mm-hmm. She's like the the only time you get that is in the, her little monologues in, in Fusion, but that's just her like within her own thoughts, not just not outward. Mm-hmm. It, it doesn't make sense for her to be that expressive outward because uh, why would she be she's been doing this for who knows how long like on her own so there's no there's no reason for her not to be well not to say not to be stoic but there's no reason for her to be more emotive mm-hmm. yeah she like, doesn't get a lot of practice at this <laughs> <laughs> it's a lonely job so yeah yeah um and i think honestly it would take away from like, I do think that the game doesn't nail the Metroid atmosphere all the time the way some of its its predecessors have. But how much more would it take away from it if, if Samus was a chatterbox, you know? I mean, isn't that what happened in Another M? A lot of things happen in Another M. I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you want me to just go, the baby, the baby. The baby. 
Flabebe, my favorite Pokemon. <laughs> um, yeah, I, uh, I think if there are disservices done to Samus, it's because of the story at large and not her performance in it, mostly. Mm-hmm. Which is a shame, because there's a lot... It's not a very, well, as we discussed already, it's not a very deep lore. Mm-hmm. But the stuff we know and don't know of it, you know, raises a lot of questions that causes a lot of intrigue and interest. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's only when they dive deeper where you kind of lose the interest a bit. But, you know, there, there's still a lot of unknowns that are intriguing in the series. It's, like I said, it's not very deep, but it's uh, the stuff that they have presented or kind of hide underneath is still pretty intriguing, I think. You know, I really half expected to get to fucking Dummy Beak. What the fuck is his stupid name? <laughs> God, I forgot it already. Raven Beak. Okay. Um, and for him to be like, I don't need Metroids anymore. I have phase on. <laughs> like, okay, we're just we're just going all in. Metroid Prime Four. <laughs> that would be the other thing to do is just to go all out with the stupid like car crash of all their dumb magical lore. <laughs> but um Yeah. Uh I think I'm not gonna say don't pay attention to the lore of the game as you play it because I think that's an impossible request, right? If you're the sort of person who's gonna pay attention, you're gonna pay attention. Um, but I think when I play this game again, I'm gonna skip every cutscene, and I'll be happier because it just plays great. <laughs> yeah, uh, I think I might do the same. Uh, speaking of lore, um, you recently played Fusion again, yeah? Yes. So wasn't I haven't played in quite a uh, quite a long time, but wasn't there a subplot that there are some corrupt people in the Federation organizing all that like secret Metroid research stuff? Define corrupt. I mean, there are some people in the in the Federation organizing all that stuff. It's not. I don't think it's not really implied to be corruption. It's just classic like bad-brained well, government scientist shit of like, no, we can use them for good. Well, wasn't there like a bit where? You know, Adam's secretly talking to Shadow Man kind of guy, and yeah. he's basically saying, eh, it doesn't matter if she's dead as long as we get this, like, going, you know? <laughs> yeah, but I'm saying is that's not corruption. <laughs> that's just being shitty. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that's just business. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, it's just funny that at the end of it, uh, Sam is just like, eh, I'm, um, I'm working for the Federation again. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it is funny because I think... At the end of the day, Metroid doesn't feel like it's under illusions that the Federation is good. It's just that they're better than the people around them. Mm-hmm. It's just like, you know, if the two powers are the Federation and the Space Pirates, <laughs> Space Pirates fucking suck, dog. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, there's <laughs> there's the really funny... Do you ever see the um, the sh- uh, Shine Spark uh, dialogue in Fusion? No, there's um this is the only oh. instance where the shine spark is mentioned by name in the games to my knowledge except for of course a tutorial pop up in this one. But that's the um, um that's super secret like easter egg cutscene, right? Yeah, I I didn't know about it until, you know, I saw it, but I've done it myself now. Um it's hard. <laughs> um <laughs> but basically, 
it's a part where you are asked to go from one district of the space station to another. And the way you're supposed to do it is by like going up and taking the elevator and going across an elevator back down and stuff. Right. But you can, by using a lot of shine sparks, just like cut through the station and not use the elevator. And if you do that, uh, you get a, you get a conversation with Adam and with the feder the shadowy Federation official. Right. And it is, it's kind of a funny uh, thing because the <laughs> Shadowy Federation official is like, wow, that was so impressive. That Shine Spark trick? You know what? I'm going to tell you all of our secret plans. And Adam's <laughs> like, that's a bad idea, sir. And he's like, oh, fine. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, what? No. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, Federation sucks. Yeah. <laughs> you know, when you put it that way, I guess it was very clear from the beginning. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I don't know. I feel like that's most of what I what I wanted to say about Dread. Um, yeah, just about. I want to play Echoes now. I've been slowly trying to uh, get that running, um, but I no longer have my GameCube or my Wii anywhere to be found, so mm. it's kind of uh, proving a bit tricky. Sounds like this time you have to visit me. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yeah, thank you so much, everyone, for for listening. Um, Lee, is there anything you want to promote or plug or anything? Uh, I guess only thing to plug really is my Twitter, just at Unstable Arc. But uh, other than that, I'm just a, a free agent, as they call it. Well, we'll fix that one of these days. Oh, but <laughs> um, until then, uh, thank you so much, everyone, for listening. Uh, I am uh, Six Detmar. You can find me on Twitter at Six Detmar, S-I-X-D-E-T-T-M-A-R. You can find my work at ScanlineMedia.com or Patreon.com slash ScanlineMedia. And I guess we're going to see you next mission. All right. Bye, everybody.